Before we begin, I have an announcement to make regarding the future of this podcast. Beginning February 1st, the Grant Williams podcast will become part of the Copper membership tier of my new website, grant-williams.com. Now, the Copper tier will include every future episode of The Endgame, the Super Terrific Happy Hour and the Narrative Game, as well as access to a series of special one-on-one conversations I'll be having with a group of truly extraordinary people throughout the rest of this year, beginning with my dear friend and mentor, Anthony Deedon of Edelweiss Holdings. At the site, you'll also find a silver tier, which in addition to access to the Grant Williams podcast, will include a year's subscription to my monthly newsletter, Things That Make You Go Hmm. But you can find out a lot more about all that by visiting grant-williams.com. And now, on with the show. Here's the bit where I remind you that nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets. Okay, so this is a special unplanned seat of the pants edition of the Grant Williams podcast. After the craziness in equity markets this past week, I felt it would be a good idea to get the two best short sellers I know together for a conversation about what's transpired over recent days. So forgive the lack of polish, bear with us if we wander from topic to topic and back again, but please take this chance to listen to the thoughts of my two friends, Mark Cahodes and Bill Fleckenstein, as they try to shed some light on what has been an unforgettable week. Also, please note that we recorded this podcast prior to the news that Robin Hood had tapped its credit lines after hours on Thursday. Well, welcome everybody to a special edition of this podcast. Uh, joining me today are my usual partner in crime on the Endgame, Bill Fleckenstein, and the man who put the whole band together in the first place, Mark Cahodes. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, Grant. Great to hear your voice, Bill. Likewise. As always, it's a pleasure. Things aren't dull. Yeah, things are definitely not dull. And uh, the, the point of this conversation is really to just to talk about um, what's been going on the last couple of days because we, you know, we seem to be at the beginnings of some kind of revolution. I'm not sure if it'll play out the way one side thinks it will, but I just wanted to talk to two of the most accomplished short sellers that I know um, to get some perspectives on this. Uh, you know, Mark, um, perhaps you would... Just give us your thoughts on this first, and the three of us can maybe then kick it around. Well, I'm really bothered by all this because it brings back some horrible memories of what Goldman did to me um, back in the day. This sheer unwinding where price doesn't matter. They basically, you know, put me out of business as the prime brokers right now are putting others out of business as we speak. And probably culminated this morning. But the thing that truly bothers me is how the Robin Hood Reddit crowd somehow blames the short sellers for all this. And the concept that they're getting back at the man in the suits and their short sellers is is beyond insane. So I, I really want to break it up into three types of short sellers. There's people like myself and Chanos and Carruthers, some others that actually expose fraud, wrongdoing, criminals, 
people who harm others. Grego is in this camp, in his Penembra campaign, where they've actually killed 18 people. And through his work, the FDA pulled the product. Um, my career speaks for itself. And what's going on now is all these people, not Grego per se, are being put out of business and, and exterminated because the volatility is such that you can't draw investors and it's not worth it from a human standpoint because no one's in this to get killed or blow your brains out in stress. But the agitation of the Robin Hood Reddit crowd is really addressed and towards the smash and grab crowd that I despise, you know, the people who put out negative research short the stock in the morning, cover it 30 minutes after their report, after these things go down. I wrote an op-ed about this. I said, it's horrible. And those are the people who the crowd is shooting back at, right? The, those so-called shorts. And I like left. He's a, he's a, he's a solid human being, but, but, but it's him and a whole bunch of others where this hate is addressed at. And then sadly, you know, the people who are extraordinarily over leveraged, the SAC, Melvin, SAC spawn, Tiger Cub crowd, who's over leveraged, and these guys don't know the first bit about shorting. You know, they've caused this whole mess because they don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, they're using too much borrowed money, which the prime brokers gave them, and they've caused this entire fiasco with their unwinding. So it's a very complex thing, it's three buckets. Uh, I think the smash and grab guys are done. I think guys like Carruthers, Chanos are done. And, and, and hopefully these SAC spawns and some of these tiger cubs get their leverage, uh, drastically, drastically, drastically reduced. So this shit doesn't happen going forward. That's kind of my opening diatribe, if you will. It's just very disgusting and sickening, frankly, and sad for me because a lot of people I care about are in, are in deep trouble. Um, I would add to what Mark has said about the current landscape and who's pitted against who and all of that is if we take a step back, one of the reasons why we're in this position is because of the irresponsible policies of the Federal Reserve. And I know I'm a broken record on that subject, but if you look at what's gone on for 25 years, uh, you know, we have had uh, this is the third bubble we've been involved in. And now they're not even going to attempt to stop the money printing. They're, in fact, continuing to do it. And those policies and how they've conditioned people to believe has modified investor psychology and behavior such that we're at a place like this where we are now, where um, um, people see all kinds of real companies go to stupid prices. So then prices don't mean anything and we can take bankrupt kinds of company, companies to stupid prices. I mean, none of this is really real. And the other side of it is the regulators have done a particularly poor job, especially in the wake of the, uh, the um, 08 real estate uh, um, financial bust. I mean, nobody who should have gone to jail did for all intents and purposes. So we've, and of course the politicians don't get involved because they love can kicking. So we've got this, we're at this moment in time where you've got the the craziest speculative elements of 1929, 
1969, 1989 in Tokyo, and 1999 here in America, all going on at the same time, and ordinarily that would make you think, oh, this is probably a top. This is the end. Except for when you think about those periods at the moment in time where things were wild, the central banks had been tightening credit. In fact, in 29, we we're still on the gold standard, um, you know, in one way or another for quite a while, maybe a year, maybe more. So that speculative behavior was going into the teeth of a tightening and, and then it exhausted itself. So it's going to be much harder to gauge when the speculative mania has exhausted itself. And therefore, anyone who's trying to be short, I think, you know, as Mark and I have been saying, well, we said, you know, nine months ago on this, this podcast, it's incredibly dangerous. And now, given what we've just seen, I don't see how anyone can be short any amount of anything in, in any real size, except for maybe a scalp. And if that's the case, you really can't be in size anyway. So, Well, let's look, let, let, let's try and break some of this down, because what I think is most important here, there are a lot of people who are looking at what's going on. There's a narrative that this is um, the retail crowd sticking it to the evil short sellers. Um, and to your point, Bill, you know, the three of us are likely seen by many as Wall Street suits, right? Because that's that's the world we come from, it's the world we inhabit. But you've written books about this. Um, Mark is on the record. Anyone that looks up what Mark's done um, will see that he's absolutely not a Wall Street suit. And I've been writing about this stuff for over a decade. But I think it's important to try and help people understand some of the narratives around this and, and why they are wrong. You know, this idea of short selling being un-American, being evil, um, you know, and there's a couple of videos that are in my Twitter feed this morning, uh, Glenn Greenwald posting one, a 15-minute diatribe about how evil short sellers are. Um, so let's let's try and help people understand the various players here. And, and let's start with the short sellers because both of you are extremely gifted at that art, and it is an art for sure. Um, Mark, just, just talk about why short sellers are actually important to have in any marketplace. Well, short sellers are important to have because they're, you know, on a very simplistic level, they're the other side of a market for when things get dislocated up or down, they offer liquidity and offer a stand. If uh, someone's short a stock and the stock blows up, short sellers need to buy the stock to cover. If there's as Greenspan would say, irrational exuberance on the way up. Uh, short sellers, if they like the situation, will sell more to try to keep the markets functioning. But in general, Grant, the markets are broken, and the markets have been broken for some time with electronics. Guys like Citadel, um, the prime brokers, who are aware of everyone's positions and everyone's liquidity uh, running in front of trades, so the role of short sellers in that kind of fiasco becomes more of a pinata situation than a market functioning situation from a, from a simple how things used to be, which is, as Bill would say, why, why times are so dangerous. The thing, that, the thing that sickens me and makes me really sad is, you know, everyone is going to be out of business. I mean, the government and the crooks and the frauds are basically going to get what they want because no one can have a business doing this. I mean, first of all, the wear and tear mentally is, is extraordinarily difficult. And no one's in business 
to be able to lose for a stock to go up three to 15 times in a week. No one can take that. It, it, it breaks all models. And, and what life looks like afterwards, you know, to me is going to be beyond scary. But Mark, you know, what, what, what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to look at this and because of the way the narrative has evolved about short sellers over decades, really, um, they're going to say, well, so what if a bunch of short sellers go to business? Great. You know, what, they're, they're evil. We, we know short sellers are evil. Um, you know, if we, if we look at GameStop and we look at the shorts on GameStop, what's interesting here is if you look at that business, if you look at the, the company, um, those bets against the company doing well were logical bets to make. This wasn't an evil attempt to force a company. Now, this is a company that has what, let's face it, is a dying business model, a re retail game store where uh, everyone buys their games directly and downloads them straight onto their video consoles any, uh, these days. So it, it was a business model that was always going to struggle. So for people to take a bet against it, for people to think that by running the stock from, you know, wherever it was prior to this, up to three, four hundred dollars is sticking it to anybody, any evil short sellers. I mean, it's just not the case, right? And ultimately, all the people that run this thing up have to get out. But well, here, here's here, here's the problem, though. But when you have Chamath or whatever he calls himself, and Musk and others tweeting or getting on Cartoon Network, aka CNBC, and telling people they're buying calls and GameStop, which fuels the flames. They're not necessarily screwing the shorts. They're screwing Joe Sixpack, who actually listens to these clowns and buys the stock or buys calls. I mean, they make it harder for people who are short. And, and unless you have any risk controls, you'd be out of the trade or out of the way. But they fan the flames and everyone sits there as long as the stock goes up. And everyone thinks it's okay. And everyone thinks it's good. And when the stock goes down, you know, they blame the shorts. So the shorts are the joke when they're getting squeezed and they're to blame when it goes down. So Fleckenstein and I, Fleckenstein and I have had enough sense to get out of the way and get out of the game. And the poor people of doing it, God forbid your own leverage, are just absolute uh, fish chum right now. You know, one of the points that I thought Mark would make, but I'll make for him is, one of the things that, like any discipline, there are people that pursue it in a in a in an ethical manner, and people that pursue it in an unethical manner. So there are unethical short sellers, just like there's lots and lots of unethical operators on the long side, and lots of unethical managements, et cetera, et cetera. One of the values of sh of short sellers is that they warn folks about problems. Mark has done so in un uncovering all the frauds that he has. And recently with the my medics and now this penumbra, in my old days, I warned people about stocks that I thought that were, you know, completely um, um, mispositioned or whatever. I mean, and, and I don't need to go into the names, but the point is, that when you're not hiding from in an anonymous from in an anonymous fashion, and you're you're out there with your own name, and you're explaining this to people, um, if you write in your research, you've you've added value for everyone. Um, so, 
you know, the environment that we have now is that stocks never go down, even crazy things that oughtn't to maybe go, go up do. And so, you know, the, the whole, the, the, the white hat side of the short seller community gets no credit because everything is so broken now. So there's, there's not only the fact that you're there to buy them on the downside, there's not going to be anybody to be on the, on the, to buy them on the downside when this bubble finally bursts, whenever it does. Um, but so there's, there, there, you know, that's another role the short, short sellers play is they bring up obvious problems that people can contemplate. They might not find those problems on their own. Well, let's come back to the point Mark made about um, you, you named Chamath and, and Elon Musk, you know, because this to me is ultimately something that the SEC has absolutely brought on themselves by not punishing flagrant violations of the rules, right? I mean, you've enabled people to, you know, the, the $20 million fine that Musk was slapped with for committing securities fraud was frankly an absolute joke. And, you know, what's happened over the last 30 plus years, you know, since the, the Greenspan put became very apparent is slowly but surely these markets have been made a mockery of, not by the participants, not by the, the, the people actually in there trying to you know, you know, work in and around equity and bond markets and risk assets, but by central banks and by regulators. You know, you've seen the central banks provide this, this put for Wall Street while Main Street was languishing. Uh, you've seen the SEC uh, be so lax and, and fail to really punish anybody for anything except, you know, small guys um, that they managed to make big headlines out of, like the, the guy living in his mum's basement that was supposedly responsible for the flash crash and the 15-year-old that they prosecuted for something else. You know, when when there's high, there's high profile stuff going on that you would think would be a slam dunk to really make an example of people. And so when I look at this, I just see so many chickens coming home to roost and the central banks and the regulators have nowhere to look but the mirror for what's happening to these capital markets right now. I mean, 100% Grant, but the, the problem I have is, you know, I said tongue in cheek that I'm the guy who should run the SEC, and I should, because I could stop all this crap immediately. One of the, prob one of the problems is the prime brokers offer what people would say are legends, but to me are just not guys in a crowded trade, the SAC and Tiger Cub crowd. I think these guys are jokes. And the prime brokers offer these guys extreme leverage and these guys take it and they buy the same crap amongst themselves, time in, time out. They get to excessive valuations. They get big fees. And the media and the cartoon network write about these guys like they're gods, but they're just over-leveraged clowns. That's what Melvin is. He's an over-leveraged clown. And he's going to go bust. And if anyone had money with this guy from day one, I don't care if he's up 30% a year for seven years. If you're up 37% a year for seven years and you pay your taxes and now you're down between 70 and 80%, you're down. You're down and you're down big for the experience. And this guy's collecting huge fees. But the prime brokers have enabled these guys to succeed. And they've enabled Renaissance and all these guys to succeed. And people write stories about them, how smart they are. They're not so smart. They're all in the same trade. They're using excessive leverage. And when you have to unwind it in a short period of time, this is what happens. And the part that's hard to digest 
is somehow instead of Stevie Cohn, who just bought the Mets, or Melvin, who owns the Charlotte Hornets, or owns part of the Charlotte Hornets, these are the people who should be targeted, not the guys who put criminals behind bars, not the guys who put it all on the line, have the death threats, have the FBI visit their house, and put people behind bars. And that's, see, Grant, this is where the narrative of the story is so wrong, because the shorts are like the boogeyman, and they're always the boogeyman. But the problem is going to be going forward. You're not going to have the shorts to kick around. You're not going to have Chanos and Carruthers and everyone else and, and, and Left and Carson to kick around because no one's going to give a shit. No one's going to put their name out there. No one's going to talk about names because the second you put something out there, you put a target on your back. And, and instead of the market being played on a level playing field where it's okay for all, you're, you're wiping out a whole class of people who really do their work. Because if a short doesn't do their work, they get more destroyed than they currently are. So, you know, mentally, I, I, I'm throwing my hands up in the air. You know, I said to Fleck, you know, yesterday and last night, this is just simple, simply madness. And uh, I don't know. It's just, it's bad. It's bad until people are held accountable for what they do wrong well, rather than blaming others. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that accountability because, you know, what's happened today, um, we've seen a bunch, we've seen Robin Hood uh, basically say that anyone that, that owns a bunch of these stocks like GameStop and AMC and, um, can only close out their positions, right? So they've they've come down on the retail crowd and told them you can't open your positions, you can only close out. Meanwhile, the Wall Street guys have access to both sides of that market. So what you're seeing is, is you know, you, 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 th- this power, this idea that the retail crowd have that we're showing who's got the power now. I don't know. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. They've caused a lot of pain. Um, and I think that the, the, the rule makers, the legislators, the exchanges are all going to band together to come down and try and crush this rebellion. Um, you know, my fear is that the, the retail it's, crowd going to make the rebellion. It's going to make the rebellion worse. Well, precisely. That, that, that's my worry. Is that is that you, you think you're in a position of power? You find out you're not. Uh, not only is that power taken away from you, but um, the gains that you've made are taken away from you. And with, with society as fractured as it is right now, something like this um, is is a very dangerous spark near a very big tinderbox, in my view. Well, you can see why the public is at large is angry. I mean, I, I, I know there's we're talking about the anger at the short sellers on the part of a few people who don't know what they're talking about. But I think what the public is really upset about is the fact that nobody went to jail after the 08 crisis. Does anyone remember Sarbanes-Oxley? They passed that in 2001. You used to, supposed to be a crime if you signed a financial statement that turned out to be wrong. You weren't supposed to be used anything but gap accounting. The SEC hasn't enforced any of those rules. So all the criminals like Dick Fold and all that got away with murder, the public's pissed about that. And, and now what they see is, oh, so you, when, when they commit crimes, you don't put them in jail you, and then you bail them out. And now because we got giddy about a bunch of stocks and drove them to the moon, I mean, 
irresponsibly, but that's their right. Um, oh, we're going to bail them out you, now. You're going to bail them out by saying closing trades only. You know, it's this it's this far uh, sense of of, oh, we have to do the right thing on the part, part where the authorities are pretending they're doing the right thing. by we're going to stop you little little fish from getting in trouble by only letting you do closing trades you know, after they've let all this crap go on. So the hypocrisy on the part of the authorities, even though they're not making any statements, is mind boggling. And I think that's part of the frustration. And that's part of what drives people into Bitcoin as well. It's it's they recognize the currency's confetti and they and they're and they're upset about all these things that seem unfair. And so what's interesting about this generation of people is they're trying to do things outside of the system. And these are some of the reasons why. I mean, I mean we're getting a little off maybe off topic, but maybe not. So this 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 I mean there's a there's a lot of a lot at work here as to why they're doing what they're doing, I think. Yeah, I don't think it's off topic at all. I think I think this is actually the more important of the topics is this idea of of why this rage is there, and I think it's absolutely justifiable. And you know, I, I, I tweeted something out this morning that I, I, the the big point for me is if the retail investors actually take the time to understand what the central banks have been doing for the last thirty years, if they actually understand that instead of you know directing this anger at short sellers, because it's such an easy target, right? These evil short sellers, um, because they've been conditioned to believe that short selling is evil. If they take the time and trouble to understand what central bank policy has done and how that has absolutely enriched the 1%, I mean, you know, it's not even, it's not even, you can't even deny it anymore unless you are the chairman of the Fed, right? Well, well if, if, if you're you look Paul at- Krugman, Paul Krugman, you could, because he rails against the very, he supports the very policies that create the massive inequity, sorry, um, in, in, in um, you know, disparity of wealth that he rails against, you know, well, we shouldn't have the 1%, but please more QE. I mean, how stupid can you be? But I, but I think that's, I think that's the point, Mark, uh, Bill. I think the, the easy narrative is evil short sellers, short sellers bad, run the prices up and we'll, um, We'll stick it to them, right? But the, but it's it's a lot more complicated than that. And realistically, without interest rates being zero, without zero cost of capital, infinite leverage, and backstops for any financial institution that gets itself into trouble, except short sellers, obviously, without that stuff, we wouldn't be here. And that's all been going on now for decades to to keep quote unquote the system together. Totally agree. Well, without sounding, without sounding. Um, to off the reservation, this class warfare thing has been going on for a while, and it's the Robin Hooders feel they're being pushed around, which they are. It's people of various races being pushed around the way they are, and the short sellers, you know, all four of them are an easy crew to blame. And instead of Goldman and JP taking ownership for the crap they've done with the prime brokerage and run in front of people and extend people who shouldn't have excessive leverage, excessive leverage. They pin the blame and spin the blame elsewhere. And people, these are very complex subject matters and people don't dig deep as to what's really at play here. But what's at play is, is, is sitting that the SAC crowd right, should be held accountable because they've caused this mess. They've caused it. They they are over leveraged. They have no risk models. 
and they're loading into GameStop at three with their blind arrogance to run the stock to 400 and blame short sellers as a class is just disgusting. It's just disgusting. But yeah, you know, so. uh, the, the reality of it is that, Mark, the short sellers, you, they're just not going to get any sympathy, right? Because the narrative is so strong and, um, and it's and it's so pervasive, and it's been it's being crafted for such a long time now that there won't be any sympathy for short sellers. No, so I, I think you. But, but excuse ahead. me one sec, Grant. But but I think the purpose of of a part of this dialogue is, is is to sort of illuminate you know what the other side of the story. We're sort of offering the, this up as food for thought, and it seems to me that the younger generation of of whether we want to call them investors or speculators. Um, you know, they get the central bank joke with the fiat currency, and 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 all we're all we're trying to do is um, put it out there that just because uh, there is a short seller doesn't mean they're bad. There's a lot of guys with white hats and a lot of guys with black hats. Just just as we've said, it happens in every industry and in every business, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, no, look, it's it, it's true. I mean, as I say, that the, the 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 tricky part of all this is is the world of finance is actually very complicated. And and if you want to really understand what's going on, it's it's not an easy thing to do as a layperson just to kind of dip your toes in and, and understand this. And so people rely on things like CNBC. They rely on this kind of cartoonish um, venue that, that are all about everything being positive because we want people feeling good so they watch the program, so, they, so the advertisers come. You know, we all understand just how that particular channel works. But unfortunately, that's one of the main places that people get their information. And, and without wanting to do a finance degree and really understand how markets work, it's very hard. It, it's very hard to, to, to burrow through the opacity and understand how these things work. Yeah, I mean, I'm used to the blame game. And it just blows my mind how on every narrative as it relates to the shorts, when people get their brains beaten in and squeezed, it's their fault. And when companies blow up, it's their fault. And the people who have caused the fault skate through it all as heroes, legends, greats, the whole thing. I mean, the amount of fines that Goldman and JP Morgan pay over my and Fleckenstein's career is incredible to just go back and do the same stuff over and over and over again. And um, I'm, I'm sort of surprised, but I guess I'm not surprised that people don't dig and the journalists and media doesn't dig further into what's really at play here. And, and I just I don't want to say things I shouldn't say, so I'm just I'm just going to hold it back for That's very the unlike third you. time in my life for the <laughs> for the third time in in my life. But um, but it's 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 very dangerous. I mean, they're shutting down Robinhood to allow Citadel and others to trade or run in front of things and manipulate markets is 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 beyond dangerous and really needs to be looked at. I mean, it needs to be looked at deeply. How, how Ken Griffin actually makes his money, the amount of leverage he uses, and, and who is influenced to allow him 
to skate when other people are persecuted. I, I, I think that would really be a story one day. Well, look, just um, just before we close, uh, just a quick thought from both of you on, on what you think happens next. How, how do you think the next little chapter of this saga plays out, Bill? Well, obviously, it's hard to have any firm conviction because we've never been in this period before where the central banks have pinned rates at zero and we've promised to do QE and be easy for you know, the next couple of years. So this has never happened before. And that's happening at a moment in time where, the, you know, the speculation genie is out of the bottle. Normally, the speculation that we're seeing now, you know, would be the end. Um, but again, given that the central banks are doing what they're doing, I don't know that that's the case. I I, I would suspect that the, the Wall Street, you know, Reddit, the Wall Street bets Reddit crowd will keep doing what they've been doing until such time as, it's, you know, they're not making money anymore, however long that is. Um, I think the hedge fund community is, you know, you know, in, in deep uh, uh, shrinkage, uh, you know, will we'll be shrinking because, you know, uh, uh, because of all of this and the, and the publicity and the fact that you, you can't really, you can't really run money on both sides anymore. So I think the industry is going to change. And but how long this this crazy party goes on and how much crazier it gets, I have no idea. So I think the government, which is Goldman Sachs, basically was at the point of getting ready to lose a lot of money. So they made a call to the government and said, this is getting sort of serious, guys. So let's let's do something to put down the uprising. I think that call went to the Fed. The Fed went to interactive brokers, Robin Hood, Reddit, whoever, and said, knock this shit off right? Because you guys are about ready to cause a problem. So I think that's what went down, which is why certain people are restricted and certain people aren't. Uh, I think that's all done behind the scenes. I think that's dangerous. So basically the government, the government, no one else is putting down the uprising of the Robin Hood Reddit crowd. That's one. Do those guys get pissed off because now they're going to start losing a lot of money? I don't know. Probably, maybe. But we're going to be sending out two thousand dollar stimulus checks soon and people will go back to buying stocks and probably engaging in speculation probably in a different a different crowd because the shorts have all been destroyed so it's no longer going to be in vogue to squeeze gme and amc and whatever aal whatever junk they want to buy and they'll just speculate elsewhere and once again we're not going to solve a problem we're just going to band-aid over it. And Ken Griffin and, and all his merry buddies will just go on their way, making their billions at the expense of the man. And, and when the man gets pissed off, he'll blame, obviously, the wrong people again. And it's a systemic problem to me that's getting worse and worse and worse. But I think all paths lead to higher because they can't afford and they can't allow this market to really go down. So they'll, they'll, they, they're going to quell the uprising. They're going to shut Portnoy and his bunch and the Robin Hood crowd. They're going to shut them up and uh, billionaires are going to preserve their billions and try to make more. And, and the world is going to have 90% less short sellers, which is all a function of probably four or five funds. I mean, which are, which are finished. Sadly. Well, look, for, 
for you know, for me, my worry about this is that this this um, this spreads to something far more sinister than than markets. You know, there's there's one thing to to take away uh, the, a game from someone. It's one thing to kind of change the rules in the game. But you know, there are people who have been on subsisting on welfare checks. We've had you know thousand dollar, twelve hundred dollar checks from the government sent to them, and in desperation, they've put that money into the stock market, and on paper. You know, they've turned that money into enough to feed their families for a year when they're still out of work, right? And so my fear is that by changing the rules on the game, you not only take the game away, but you take away paper gains, which the three of us know until you actually realize them are not gains at all. But if you if you think there's anyone in the Robin Hood crowd that's been sitting every day looking at their um, the value of their account on paper going up and hasn't been mentally either spending that money or allocating it to food and rent and God knows what. You take that away and you see these stocks drop 60, 70% and the people that, that got in last lose everything. My real fear is this this becomes something way more sinister than some kind of run in capital markets. And that's 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 something that I've been worried about for quite some considerable time now, but this feels like potentially a, a really nasty trigger. Well, I kind of sort of hope for the greater good of the system. We're all wrong in some in yeah. some degree, but yeah, um, I'm into that. But um, I wish um, I wish the powers that be would actually reach out to you too. I mean, forget me. Reach out to you too and say you guys know a lot of the ups and downs, and you know where all the bodies are buried, and you know every financial sophisticated player from Grant, Jim Grant, all the way around the horn. You guys have had some great guests and create a panel who's not involved in this over leverage scheme and try to come up with solutions sort of before it's too late. Because I just, um, I don't like seeing innocent people lose. I don't like seeing the Robin Hood guys lose. I don't like seeing the Reddit guys lose. I don't like to see unfortunate people told what yeah. to do. Um, and it's, uh, uh, it's not good. It's not good. I, not I don't good. know about Bill, but, but I, I certainly won't be sitting by the phone waiting for that call. I don't no. think uh, no. I mean, there, come I, I, I know exactly where you're going with this, Mark. I mean, for all the success these young, young investors have had, and they may have a bunch more, they're, they're unfortunately kind of learning the wrong lessons in their in turn their techniques and tactics and that'll cost them money down the road and i feel bad about that i mean this whole mess is so multi-layered and it all gets back to the damage done by the lack of of responsibility on the money on the uh, by the money printers and the authorities and when you create a, a mad da- a mad dash casino like we've got then you you get what we have and they, 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 who, who is gonna, who is gonna sponsor? Oh, let's get to the bottom of this. Nobody. There's, I mean, there's, it won't, there won't be any attempt to do that till long after, till long after little guys are really hurt and big guys are hurt too, and everyone gets crushed. Well, that's why it's good you guys do what you do. I mean, I'm just thrilled I came up with this hairbrain idea, putting you two clowns together um, <laughs> yeah, there you because go. you. You've put some tremendous stuff on the record and, uh, and it won't get erased. And I think people should be playing back all this stuff to see who said what, when, where, how, um, I don't need much for motivation. 
But when everyone said, when Fleckenstein and Cahota say, don't short the market, uh, isn't that the sign of a top? Well, you know, a lot of you should, should go back and think of what you said about us, you know, circa in March and April and, and see how you're doing now. And, and well, people need, people need to think before they talk. So. Yeah, amen to that. I'm not sure that will ever happen. But look, gents, uh, this is a very spontaneous last minute um, thing. So, so thanks to both of you for making the time to do it. I, you know, I think I have to say, you know, I, I unreservedly wish the Wall Street Bets crowd all the luck in the world. I hope I hope this works out for them. I, I genuinely do. Uh, and I hope they don't get screwed. I fear the worst, but I, I hope for the best for all of them, I have to say. Amen to that. I'm with you. Anyway, guys, thanks for having me. It's, it's as always, right, it's nothing but fun. Take care. Always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Take yeah, care. Bye. Well, you know, I don't know. I don't know how this plays out, Bill. I have to say, but just watching it is um, is truly extraordinary. I mean, we've seen madness, you and I, in our in our careers, but I don't remember two thousand ninety nine, two thousand being on this level. It just hasn't been as wild. I mean, I'm sure you could come up with the odd story here and there, but on a broad basic. A broad basis. This is this is unlike anything I've seen. Yeah, I mean, my favorite new analogy is is it's got elements of twenty nine, sixty nine, eighty nine in Tokyo, ninety nine here, and a little tulip mania thrown thrown in for good measure. I mean, there's certain there's certain aspects to all of this and what's going on, and um and 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 this <laughs> this is why. Historically, central bankers were always careful about what they did from a monetary standpoint. They were afraid of acid inflation. But when you when you when you when you think that the only inflation is CPI inflation and you not only think that, but you think you need a certain amount of it. And when you don't get that certain amount, you need to have even more to make up for what you didn't have. You get these asset markets that have become totally untethered. And here's where we are. And. Uh, I apologize to people for always coming back to the same point, but I mean, it is the point. The central bankers created this mess and they get all the headlines. And then when stuff goes wrong, you know, other people get blamed. So anyway, yeah. I'm not holding my breath that, well, you know, I wrote a book. I thought, I thought it might make some difference. Can you be, believe how naive I was to think that you could write a book and, and, and people would, would, would think about it and it might make a difference. I mean, Hey, listen! Don't think you haven't made a difference. There are there are wobbly tables all over the world propped up with that sucker. Let me tell you. There you go. There's that. Anyway, <laughs> no, but but you're right, Bill. Right? Yeah, you're right. I mean, you 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 wrote, you wrote about it. Um, you laid this out, and you and I talked until we're blue in the face about it. Yeah, you know, I just I hope I hope the kind of if the revolution that feels like it's starting of some sorts is a revolution in anything, then I hope it's a revolution in people wanting to understand how the financial yeah. system really yeah. works. That would be that would be incredibly yeah. beneficial and, thing and, to everybody. And so, to the extent that the that the Dave Portnoy and the Robin Hooders, you know, out of sheer frustration and 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 whatever, or, or, or understanding and what combination of elements it took to get them to here, if that winds up getting the younger generation more knowledgeable about what's happening and how we've got this massive intergenerational wealth scheme at work, um, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, the sooner we have, the sooner a dialogue is created where some of these problems are straightened out and we start to sober up, the better we'll be. Unfortunately, it's going to be a very painful hangover. And I don't, I, I it's all, it's almost certainly going to take some sort of a market accident to, to bring about this discussion. But the more educated people are about how the, the, how the system really works, 
the better off they'll all be. And, uh, and, uh, so that's, that's what we have yeah. to hope comes out of this. In the- yeah. Beautifully put. And I think in the meantime, short sellers, as they invariably do make for a great straw man, but, um, yeah. but the truth is, is much more complex. So listen, everyone listen to this, um, Good luck wherever you are in this whole mess, uh, however you're playing it. Uh, I, I hope everybody gets out not only unscathed, but significantly richer than they went in. That's obviously not going to be the case for everybody, but um, these are crazy times. So hopefully this last half an hour or so has been helpful to you. Um, Mark's disappeared, but uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter and you don't already, you'll find him at Alderlane Eggs. It's A-L-D-E-R-L-A-N-E Eggs. Uh, you'll find me at T-T-M-Y-G-H. And I'm at Fletcap. Yes, he is. Bill, I'll see you soon, mate. Take care. Cheers. The pervading narrative around what's happened these past few weeks has been that of a bunch of underdogs sticking it to the evil short sellers on Wall Street. But the reality is that this isn't about evil short sellers. Melvin Capital was not a short seller, as the term is widely understood outside Wall Street, but rather a hugely levered short, and there's a difference, a big difference. The problem is far greater, its roots far deeper, and its possible consequences far more important than the simple attempts to paint short sellers as the villains once again. They do present a very simple and easily identifiable villain for this piece and many others, but the simple truth is this. The system is corrupt. The system is broken. It's been broken for years, and its corruption in favour of the 1% has been accelerating as it became more unstable over the last three decades. The system has been built over time to enrich those that created it at the expense of those outside the great game. And unfortunately, the way that game functions is complex enough for its understanding to be out of reach for the ordinary man or woman in the street. This is deliberate. If a new generation is waking up to the fact that the system is rigged, that's a good thing and frankly an inevitable turn of events that should have happened a long time ago. My only hope is that those realizing they have more power than they thought do a little reading and try to understand how the system is rigged. I suspect Eisenhower would have called it the political financial complex. It involves politicians who can legally trade on inside information. It involves regulators who are asleep at the wheel and who daren't prosecute malfeasance on any meaningful scale in case it tips over the gravy train. And it involves Wall Street banks who pay fines in the tens of billions, which still amount to only a fraction of the gains made from their activities without ever having to admit wrongdoing. This is the system that needs to change, and my dearest wish is that it will. But it won't change by running up penny stocks, and it won't change by putting a few over-levered hedge funds out of business and demonizing short sellers. The fish rots from the head down, and that's where the changes need to be made. I wish this rebellion all the luck in the world. Nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets.